You know, as I walked in, I said, what a beautiful day. It's a gorgeous day, a wonderful day. But some people are funny. Someone says, yeah, but soon we will have winter and snow. Why do you want to think of snow when you have such a beautiful day? <laughs> really, enjoy the present, enjoy what has given us, and forget the rest. In fact, that's the way we usually think. We don't quite enjoy the present, and we see what's ahead of us, sometimes not quite, perhaps, agreeable. But I would like, this brings me to my sermon today. Now, when you have such beautiful weather like this, or a Sabbath day, do you really worry about your problems? Do you really bring back, especially on the Sabbath day, your own concerns or worries? Let's go a bit farther. Do you appreciate everything God gives you? Let me go a bit farther yet. Do you really thank God every day for being so patient with you? That's a good question. I don't think we do really thank God for his patience. I don't think we appreciate God's patience toward us. If God were not patient, I just wonder where you and I would be. Now, what is really patience? Have you ever analyzed or searched the meaning of the word patience? It's an English word, I know. But yet, if you go back to the Bible definition of, Bible, of persons too, the word patience is translated from two or three different words, but primarily they have different meanings. They all have the same root, but different meanings. As I go along with this sermon, I, I will explain it to you. But before we go any further, patience, we think of patience and we have all kinds of ideas. Yet, if you happen to see a doctor, a doctor's clients are called also patients. Why? Now, wait a moment. Why a doctor should have patients as clients? Is there any relationship between the two? Patients with the CE and patients with the TS. This may surprise you. Yes, there is. The word patience with the CE has a lot to do with suffering. Therefore, when doctors actually have patients, these are those who are suffering. And they try to do something for them. Even in the Bible, the word patience oftentimes is translated depending upon different versions, as long-suffering. It's the same origin. So you don't associate. Therefore, you see, when you think of patience, always remember that there is something there which goes along with suffering, and that suffering is good for us. God is merciful, and God has given us everything we need, but God also wants us to be patient. You know, some people ask, ask God for patience right away. You can't ask God for patience right away. You have, to do, you have to just wait for it the right way, the proper way, and also do your share. Now, what is the connection between long-suffering and patience? Let's get, first of all, God, what, who God is, what God is. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. God is love. We know this. 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Well, how do you def define God? How do you define love? But before we go one step further, let's also see what else God is. Romans chapter 15. I'm not playing with words because sometimes we overlook the very basic truths in the Bible. God is love, but we stop there. We don't realize God is also something else which also is included in love. Romans 15, verse 5. Paul writes, for now he says, the God of patience. Well, there it is. God of patience. We don't think of it that way, do we? We think of God as being love and not God of patience because if we really understand what patience is, you will know who God is and what God expects of us. He says, God of patience and comfort comfort. We spoke a moment ago about people suffering. 
patience. Look at God, all patience and comfort, grant you to be like-minded, he says, toward one another according to Christ. But, he says, that you may also be one mind, one another, glorify God, your Father, the Lord of Jesus Christ. Interesting. Here you have comfort, if you have patience, if you have God of love, and then definitely God of patience. A little bit later, uh, further on, like on this chapter, Romans 15, verse thir- uh, 13, Paul writes, Now he says that the God of hope, now wait a moment, we have God is love, God of patience, God of hope. So the God of hope, it says, fill your with, with joy. One way we have comfort, and now we have joy, God will fill you with joy and peace. They all go hand in hand. Now look, when we speak about patience, have this in mind. You're going to have all this together as we see in a moment. So, God with all joy and peace, in believing that says you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now here we're talking about salvation. The salvation can only be achieved through patience. Patience is also perseverance. They're all the same words, perhaps used differently. So, what is love, first of all? We're talking about patience. First Corinthians chapter 13, Paul describes love, of course. I've said it before, I guess, in the sermon I gave. Here, all the way through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the word love is translated from agape. Not philos, just agape, all the way. It's, it's supreme love, it's a godly love. So here Paul, Paul explains to us what godly love is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love suffers long. Look at that. In some translations, it's God, love is patience. See, they go hand in hand, the same word. So love is patient or suffers long and kind. And so forth. But I would like to stop here. Therefore, see, love is long-suffering. All of us in the Church of God have gone through trials. We have sometimes lost friends because of the truth. But the fact is that God wants us to reach the goal. And as you hear in the sermonette, we reach high. And certainly salvation is as high as you can reach. And the fact is that if we are going to fulfill God's will, we have to be patient. God's way, not our way. Patience is something you, can, you, don't, you don't obtain overnight. Patience, patience is something you obtain by suffering. Not suffering because God wants you to suffer, but because of the fact it goes against the human nature. Human nature is not patient at all. Exact opposite. You can always see the way you act or the way you drive. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> you know what I mean, but I'll come to you in a moment about that subject. <laughs> but the fact is that if you think of patience, always remember, patience, long-suffering, endurance, they're all the same words. Steadfastness, perseverance. Now you have a better idea of what love is. Because all that is part of love. God is love. God is patience. And God wants us to certainly reach the goal. In several translations I have of the Bible, uh, oftentimes when I look, uh, I say the word, let's say patience, I'm surprised to see sometimes you find the word changed from one version to another version to perseverance or endurance. For instance, let's take Roman, uh, Revelation chapter 3. I'm playing with words. I just would like, I want you to understand the Bible when you really see it because there's so much involved we overlook sometimes when we study the Bible. Revelation chapter 3. Speaking to the churches and here, the church of uh, God in uh, Philadelphia, Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, God says, because you have 
kept my commandment in what? To persevere or in perseverance. Commandment to persevere. Again, this is the same idea. With patience, you persevere. You can only persevere with patience. I will also keep you, he says, from the, from the hour to come. So here we have to be there for some translations here. They translate by endurance or conquer. They're all the same ideas. But let's continue. God wants us to persevere. Perseverance requires patience. What did Christ set as a condition for salvation? Sure, there are many conditions, but there's one main condition for salvation. Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 13. Depending upon the, upon the translation you have, you might have different words here again. Christ said, but, but those who persevere, Matthew 24, 13. Some translations have those who endure, per- persevere, endure. Or those who suffer long, if you want to. Christ says, but those who endure to the end shall be saved. That's a primary condition. You don't give up. If you give up at any time, you have not persevered. Perseverance has no end. It has to go on and on and on. And Christ said that if you want to be saved, you have to go on and on or persevere until the end. Now, perseverance does not mean you just fold up your arms and wait. Patience requires waiting, but it's active waiting, not passive waiting. You're waiting and you do something. You don't worry, but you just you act. And that you will find out all the way through. Perseverance does require acting. You just don't fold your arms and wait. That's not, that's not perseverance. That's waiting. It's empty waiting, if you want to put it that way. We have to really just be sure that if we are going to persevere, you have to persevere the positive way. Conquering, enduring, showing courage, aiming high as you heard. Now, Christ also said in Matthew 24 about perseverance, but look the condition he sets. Uh, verse 4, Matthew 24, verse 40, 41. Talking about his return, about talking about salvation, he says, uh, when Christ then, he says, who, is the, who then is the faithful servant? Verse 45, 45, Matthew 24. Who then is the faithful servant and wise servant, of course, uh, that Christ will find when he comes the servant who is actually doing something. I'm just paraphrasing here because I, I want you to get the point. Master finds him so doing. Doing what? Working toward perseverance, toward the goal. Therefore, you see, perseverance, I repeat, does require an active duty from each and every one of us. And that's where we fail. Oftentimes, we expect God to do things for us. Oftentimes, we expect God to give us something when we don't work for it. Oftentimes, we are so negative that we prevent God from showing us the way to go. Of course, we are living in a world of corruption, negativism, if we want to, but even we don't have to just let ourselves be drifted by the the general thoughts or the general feelings. In uh, Matthew, again, there are so much involved here, Matthew chapter 25, Christ, again, the example of those who are not persevering. Here he spoke of the ten virgins, the churches, of course, as you know, and the, and the churches slumbered. What happens? Brethren, you can never persevere or show patience if you're slumbering, slumbering. Christ says you have to come out of it. Otherwise, you will find the door shut. You know the example. I won't read the whole thing here. You know it. But God wants us to be awake. Now, lately you have heard sermon from Meredith and others that look, we have to have the sense of urgency. You can't have the sense of urgency if you don't really do something. Yes, you have to wait. 
wait patiently, but wait in the sense that you have to persevere, you have to act, you have to do your part. In uh, the Bible, time and again, you'll find several examples. But let's take Revelation chapter 14. I hope that I make this so clear because of the fact, as I said, sometimes we just read the Bible, overlook the real meaning. We just don't understand the meaning of words. We don't realize that words are something which express certain thoughts. But the fact is that when the same word is translated or rendered to us from different views, like steadfastness, perseverance, patience, endurance, all of that together, it gives you a better idea of what patience really is. Revelation chapter 14. Again, we have another aspect of patience, or perhaps salvation, if you want to put it that way. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. Christ says, here is the patience of the saints. The saints is you and I. Saints are those who are called of God, who have God's spirit. Here is the patience, the long-suffering, the endurance, steadfastness. He says, patience of the saints, here then, who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Christ. Interesting again. You see, they all go hand in hand. Brethren, some of us give up too soon, too quickly. Some of us don't persevere, really. Some of us expect miracles to happen, and they, we want them to happen quickly. If God wanted quickly, he would do so. If, God want, if you ask God something, the only problem that we have with him, his timing is not the same as our timing. So we lose patience. If we knew that God has the right timing for us, and God will always give us what we need, the right moment, then you will not lose patience. Then you will know how to wait for. Then you will know how to persevere. Then you will know how to just know that God will answer you. But you see, oftentimes, we don't think God has answered us because we don't quite see his timing with our timing. Because we lack patience. Because we lack wisdom to know what really patience is. Had that in mind because of the fact, as I mentioned a moment ago, humanly speaking, we are not patient. Half of the families fight, and I've seen the example as a minister, because of the fact the wife or the husband, they don't have patience with each other. Or they don't understand each other because they always blame each other, and that's another thing. When you lose patience, you always blame someone else. While I was talking about driving, yes, you know, when you're behind the traffic, you want people to move. You know, you just, you find the fault with every driver. Some people always laugh around here, I don't know what's <laughs> But the fact is that, see, we just find fault is easy. Suppose you are in a hurry. Everything around you, just you find it moving slowly, you want to, people to move. It's fine, but that's your way of thinking it. In the same way, when you are asking God, you're praying, be sure that you ask God, not only for wisdom, to ask God to show you how to be patient. And ask God, really, to help you to be patient. And thank God for his patience. Frankly, if God did give us everything we wanted, when we wanted, we won't reach salvation. Most of us won't. Because it is not always good for us to have the things we want when we want them. I know there are very strange statements, but brethren, that's the truth. God knows what we need and the moment which is the best for us. Growth takes patience. And also, whatever you plan, plan patiently. I remember when I read a book by Tolstoy, a Russian writer, about the, about the Russian invasion for, of Moscow. It's interesting. Because Napoleon Bonaparte invaded Russia, as you know. He wanted to conquer Russia. A Russian mind is quite 
different from sometimes sometime perhaps from our own way of thinking. Russians are very slow moving, as a journalist, generally speaking. So, a Russian general said, look, let's wait. Let, let Napoleon move and move, just let's wait. His aides wanted to attack and fight against Napoleon much earlier. He said, no, let's not fight, let's wait. And then as time went on, Napoleon went very close to Moscow. The general said, let's leave Moscow and go further, further away. What happens? Napoleon arrived in Moscow. There was no one. He says, where is everyone? Where is the government? There was no government. He there was nothing to conquer. There was nothing to surrender. So he had to go back. Interesting. And then the Russian general said, well, it's very simple. Time and patience. Patience and time. That was his policy. Time and patience. Patience and time. That's, you can read it in War and Peace of Tolstoy. It's an interesting story. But we can't learn from it because oftentimes we don't quite see things that way. When Christ was speaking to his disciples, oftentimes disciples did not understand what he meant. For instance, in John chapter 13, or what he did. John chapter 13, when Christ washed his disciples' feet, disciples did not know what he was doing. And Peter, of course, Peter in the Bible, you will find him time and again, he was impetuous. He was not always patient. He was always first to act. So Peter wanted to just dispute with Christ, saying, well, what, what are you doing here? Christ told him something which is very interesting, and all of us can benefit from it. Christ said, look, when Christ says, Peter said, what are you doing? Peter, Christ said, what I do now, you will understand later on. John 13, verse 7. Another interesting truth here. How often when God does something you don't understand and how often do you just turn away or lose faith because you don't understand? Why don't you just wait until God really helps you understand? God will always give you understanding if you have the right attitude. If you have that perseverance the right way. One thing we do, like most of us, we don't have enough compassion. Patience needs and requires compassion. God is merciful, God is love, because God is compassion. Without compassion, you can't have true patience. You can't have perseverance. And it's something we really have to understand. You know, in all the years in ministry, I've seen this. When the minister is compassionate, helps people, explains, the church grows. If the ministry is lacking patience, then of course the church also drifts away. Likewise, in the, in the same thing with, with every one of us. If we don't have enough compassion, one for another, we don't have patience. Oftentimes, when there's a fight between two people, it's because of compassion, because of understanding because of love, if you want to put it. But you see, love is a general word. We don't quite grasp what love is, because we don't quite go a bit further, saying steadfastness, patience, perseverance, compassion. All of that is part of what we're talking about over here. So let's go a bit further. Always remember, patience has a not the connotation of long-suffering or suffering. James chapter... One, James chapter one. James, James speaks of patience, in fact, several times, and he explains something very interesting for us. He says that patience is good for us. Now, humanly speaking, we don't think patience is good. When you're waiting for something, you don't get it. You don't think it's good. You want it right away. You want it when you want it. And James says it isn't so. He says, James 1, verse 2, My brethren, he says, James 1, verse 2, count it all joy. Now, wait a moment. I think we're going a bit too far, isn't it? You can't get joy, something really just wonderful for us to have. He says, 
Count it all joy when, he says, you fall into various trials. Now, there comes again, you'll see why, because he's going to explain. Because he's knowing that testing or the trial of your faith produces what? Produces patience or endurance, steadfast perseverance, all of that together. But this let the patience, he says, verse 4, have the perfect work. That's the way it works. You see, that's the way God works with us. He, God is patient. He wants us to be patient, knowing that he's also love, and love does require patience with compassion. I'm not playing with words, please. So, but let patience, he says, have its perfect work, that you may be perfect. Again, it goes hand in hand with the sermon. Perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It's hard for the human mind to understand this because we reason our own way. We expect God to understand us. Actually, we should understand God because that's an excuse people give. Oh, God understands. No, the fact is that God understands the way you don't understand. So try to understand God's mind, God's way of thinking, and you'll be surprised how often you will Realize your problems. Romans chapter 5, again. I'm trying to give you as many examples as I can so you can see the point. Romans 5, Paul explains once again what really patience is. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, he says, having been justified by faith, you understand, I'm sure, what it means. Uh, we have peace with God through Christ. He says, though he says, uh, through him also we have access by faith into his grace in which uh, we stand firm and rejoice in hope and the glory of God. And says, verse 3, and not only that, but also he says, uh, glorify in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces what? Perseverance or patience. So this, say, you get it, certain verse, uh, verses would be produces perseverance or patience. And perseverance, verse 4, uh, character and character, hope. That's growth. That's what Peter says, growing grace and knowledge. See, step by step, Paul is showing us through, with God's Spirit, how to persevere, how to go on, understanding what love is, what patience is, and how to arrive at the point. All right, let me give you a few examples in the Bible. This will be interesting because you will see how people act or react. And Christ oftentimes spoke in parables and gave examples about patience, about endurance. For instance, in Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, here we have the a parable, very interesting parable, chapter 18, I'm trying to turn here, all right, verse 21. Here we call this the parable of the uh, unforgiving servant, if you want to. So here we have a very interesting example. Christ is showing that how we have to be merciful toward each other and how to be able to, willing to forgive. And so Christ shows here a very interesting example. He says, uh, in the parable he says, there is a man who owed, I'm just paraphrasing again, who a lot of money. And he goes to his master, verse 20, uh, verse 22, 23, 24. And uh, he asks his master to forgive his debt, the tremendous amount of debt. He has got 10,000 uh, talents. It's a big amount of money. So he's asking his master to be kind, to be loving, to have compassion, to have patience. And as he was not able to pay, of course, uh, his master commanded him to be, 
you know, tried whatever it is. I'm just paraphrasing it again. So the servant fell, verse 25, down before him, saying, look, Master says, have patience with me. See, if you read that just the way patience, you don't understand the meaning. He's saying, have mercy on me. Have compassion on me. Be kind. Be, be, show love. All of that, again, is included in this word patience. Have patience with me. And I will do, I'll pay. I don't know how in the world he'll ever pay 10,000 talents. But anyway, at least he's trying to. What happened? Then the master of that servant was, was moved. Moved how? Again, oftentimes, brethren, when you see in the Bible, moved with compassion, there is always an action that is produced. Never, in no place in the Bible, you will find the word compassion in the Bible when there is no action followed by. When Christ had compassion, he did something. So again, see here, the master was moved with compassion. What was the action? So he released him. That's a lot of money. He released. He forgave. Do you see the word forgave again? That's again part of compassion, part of patience, part of, part of forgiveness. Then what happens? Verse 28, that servant himself went out and found someone, a fellow servant, who only owed him 100 denarius, which is nothing compared to what he himself owed. So, like what his own master did, he says, pay me, verse 28, <clears throat> what you owe me. Now, this, this fellow servant did not have enough. He says, have patience, verse 29. The same thing as he did. He says, have patience, and I'll pay you. And this is, I can see, perhaps he could get that much money. But the man would not, verse 30. He threw himself into prison and, until the servant would pay whatever his debt was. You can see the rest. So, what was, what was the lesson here? Then, of course, his, his servant, his, his master, verse, verse uh, 32, after he had called him Christ, I'm mean, showing the example here of this parable, when the man, the master, heard what happened, he called the first servant, says, you wicked, this is servant, I forgive you, all that debt you had, because you begged me, should you not have also had compassion on your fellow man? See, brethren, it's easy to read, but if you can't see your own life, in your own, perhaps, experiences, how often someone does something to you and you don't want to forgive? You don't want to show patience? Or you don't want to just wait for the person to understand or do something, how eagerly, perhaps, you act, how, I should say, how wrongly you act because of the fact you, you don't act with compassion, you don't show the love Christ is showing here in this parable here. Well, let me give, give you another parable because just as interesting, it shows different aspect of what we're talking about here. In Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, another parable, the parable of the sower. In this parable of the sower here, we have a different aspect. Here we have, as Christ says, talking about God's, God's word, verse 11, Luke 8, verse 11. It's talking about the, how some people receive God's word. Some of them, he says, are the wayside, verse 12. I'm just paraphrasing again. And then they don't have a root. Some of them fall on a rock, hard rock. They too, they don't. And this is verse 14. It says, some of them fell among thorns. That's all the problems we have, all the difficulties we have. That too, they don't produce. But now let's come back to the what I want. Verse 15. Now look, talk about Christ, God's word, the Bible, understanding. So you and I, I hope, we have this good, good soil. 
some which had fell on, on good soil. What happens? And some produced 100, some produced 20, but they all bear fruit with patience. Interesting. So those who actually did get something and fell into good soil, they produced with patience. You cannot have, brethren, salvation overnight. You have to grow in grace and knowledge. You have to grow toward understanding God's will and doing it, and that takes long-suffering. I don't think any Christian has ever achieved the goal or will ever achieve the goal without suffering. That's part of the game. That's part of the requirements. Christ suffered to show us an example how it is. You know, if you really understood, if God gave us everything we wanted right away, we'd be very unhappy. Because we'll never understand, we'll never develop the character he wants us to have. A moment ago I was talking about patience and being forgiving. You cannot really forgive anyone if you don't have patience. Look, in Matthew chapter 6, because you have a grudge, you want to remember the things he has done, why don't you just forget and just Christ forgive our sins? In fact, when you talk to Christ, when you're talking, praying to Christ, you are making, in a way, you are asking Christ something which is, in a way, a contract. You're making uh, agreement with Christ, Matthew 6. Look, you're telling God in a prayer, verse 12, says, give us this day our daily bread, and, verse 12, and forgive us our debts as a condition, a contract. As we forgive our debtors. Now that's a contract with God. Now you can never achieve this, brethren, unless you have patience. Because you have to have patience to forgive, to understand, to have mercy. They all go hand in hand. And again, Christ said, verse 14, Matthew 6, For if you don't forgive, says your, your neighbor, God will not also forgive you. In, in the Bible, you will find, as I mentioned a moment ago, quite a few examples. Let's take one or two in the Old Testament. We all know about Noah and what he did. But what was Noah's one of primary qualities? Noah lived in a world of wretchedness, just as we do today. And God saw that he, he regretted that he created man. And he wanted to put an end. Again, I'm paraphrasing, you know this story. So, he called Noah. Why? Because Noah was a man of patience. Because Noah was a man who walked with God. Noah always did what God told him to do. Noah walked with God. Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. So what happens? Verse 22, Genesis chapter 6. No, actually, verse 14. Genesis 6, verse 14. God says, make yourself an ark and a gopher, gopher wood. And make, and make yourself an ark and God give you all the, all the instructions. Nobody at the time expected a flood. There was no sign of flood. What happened? As you remember, Noah walked with God. So Noah did, verse 22, look at this condition, Noah did according to all that God commanded him as he did, as to do. There is, again, Noah's, Noah's quality. You know, it did not, this did not happen overnight. If it happened overnight, I understand. Noah had to wait. He had to preach to the people that, look, there's a flood coming. No one believed him. He spoke to the people as to what's going to happen. No one believed him. It took him courage and patience to know that people are going to blame him. And they did. Accuse him and they did. Because they said, what, what, where, where's the rain? Where's the flood? Whatever it is. According to some, some historians, it took about over 100 years. 
by the time the flood came, by the time that God told him to start building this ark. That takes a long patience, isn't it? And Noah showed that he had character. Interesting enough, Christ speaks about the end time. He speaks of the time, at the time of Noah. You see, brethren, understand, patience, I repeat, does not mean you fold up your arms and wait. Patience means you have to do something. Noah did something. He was waiting patiently, but he was also acting, doing something. Noah had faith. Let's go a bit further yet. Let's take Moses. Another man God called and God used. Moses took the children of Israel out of Egypt. What were his qualities? There were many. In Numbers chapter 12, Numbers chapter 12, God explains what one of the main attributes of Moses. Numbers 12, verse 3. It's hard for me to just turn this because of the fact I have different Bibles here. Some Bibles have different words here. And that's what I want to show you. Uh, in the King James we have, Numbers 12, he says, verse 3, Now the man Moses was very humble. That's fine, it's good. Nothing wrong with it. More than all men who were on the earth. Except that you see the word humble is not quite what you think it is. It's right, there's nothing. Moses was humble, there's no doubt about that. But if you back, go back to the original word, it says, Moses was patient. More patient than anyone else. Therefore, in the, in the original Hebrew, those words are synonymous there. Of course, it takes humility to be patient. But the, the Bible I have, especially in the French I have, it says, Moses was the most patient man on the face of the earth. Interesting. So there it is. God saw that. And certainly, you had to be patient to have all these stiff-necked Israelite out of Egypt and, you know, <laughs> and, and just understand them. You have to. Because there, there's no way. So, Moses had that quality and all of us should have. Mr. Medit should have. All of the ministers, we have that patience with people. You know, talking about the church, Mr. Armstrong, he was a very patient man. I, I, I wish you could have really known him, he, he, he took time to listen to us. He took time to listen to our problems. I never felt uneasy when I went to him to ask, let's say, for advice or because I, I, I didn't feel that he would not have time for me. He always found time. And that's another blessing which we can't thank God for it because of the fact God always has time for us too. There is no time that God will say, sorry, I'm not time to listen to you now. It's true. When you pray to God, you know that any time, any place, anywhere, that he's there to hear you. And that is a quality that we should also show in our own relationship one with another. Yes, Mr. Armstrong had that, and I always felt good. I never felt out of, let's say, place when I had to call him and say, look, I need some advice. I wish that you would have the same, shall I say, attitude toward one another. If someone came to you, ask for help if you can give. Ask for advice. Please find time to do so. Don't say, I don't have time. Maybe you don't, but try to find time. Try to make an effort because you'll be blessed for it. That's why we, we are here for it. We have to help each other. Coming back to Mr. Armstrong, you know, most of you don't know him. But he went through difficult days. He lost his son. He lost his, his wife. He lost his daughters, so to speak. Through all that, he was steadfast. Once or twice I remember his quoting 
Philippians chapter, yeah, Philippians chapter 1. He quoted that, I'm sure Mr. Medley remembers. It was so interesting because, humanly speaking, there was no reason for him to just go on. Yes, there was. He quoted Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Look at this. Now, he went through all all the problems, all the difficulties he had, and he said, you know, I I wish I would die. I I wish God would take my life away from me. Yet, he quoted, he said, look, Philippians 1, verse 21. He says, For me it is to live in Christ and to die in his gain. But he says, If I live on the flesh, this will uh, mean, says, food from my, from my labors. Yet he says, What shall I choose? I cannot tell. For I am hard pressed, verse 23, between two things. Having the desire to go and to be with Christ, which is far better, or he says, to be in the flesh. Nevertheless, verse 24, to remain in the flesh, he says, is more merciful for you. Therefore, God, sometimes that's what he does. Your presence or someone's presence could be important. Certainly, God kept him alive until such time as he, God, deemed it was was time for him to go. But until then, God did lots of good through Mr. Armstrong, through patience. Patience is something, brethren, we all have to learn. It's not easy to learn. We have to learn the hard way, the suffering way, long-suffering way. That's the only way we can get to the point. All right? Let's go back to Moses again. Exodus chapter 12, uh, 32. Exodus chapter 32. Here we have Moses who had given an order to his, to his brother and the people. Look, he has told them beforehand, look, I'll be back, just wait for me. And somehow Moses did not come back on time. He was on the mountain talking to Christ. So what happens? Exodus chapter 32. Now it says, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down. The word delayed is interesting because right now we all think God is delaying his arrival. Does that mean we have to lose patience? Some people at the time did. So because Moses delayed his coming from the mountain, people gathered together. See how easy it is to just turn away. Because Moses didn't come back on time. All right, Maybe he died. Maybe God killed him. I don't know. Therefore, they, get, they have all kinds of ideas. So they want to go back to where he start, started. So they, want, they, they go back to their own idol worship. They go to Aaron. He says, come, he says, make us gods that they shall go or he shall go before us. Interesting. How easy to drift away. Why? Because they did not wait. They did not persevere because, all right, if Moses said he would return, be sure that he will return because God wanted him to return. They didn't believe that. So, they want to go back to these gods of, in Egypt again. What happened? You know the story. Aaron weakened. Aaron gave up. So Aaron just listened to people's plea. He was afraid. I don't know what it is. But anyway, verse 21 Exodus chapter 32, verse 21. And Moses said to Aaron, when he came back, he says, what did, you, what did the people do to you that you have brought such so, so great sin upon them, upon them? Because that's awful. Look, you, you, you see the people turned away from God. What, what happened? Remember I said a moment ago, when you actually turn away from God, when you lose patience, you always blame someone else. Look at Aaron's example. What did Aaron said? So, Aaron said, don't let your anger, he says, just become, says, don't be angry, he says, you know the people. They are set on evil. How about you? 
See, it's so easy. You know the people. Well, yeah, you are the master. You are the head. You are the, the leader. Why don't you just do something? He was afraid. And then he goes, comes out with a very strange excuse. He says, verse 23. So they said to me, he says, make the, make the gods that we should, we should go before, before us. <laughs> and then he, he said, look, it just so happened that, I'm just paraphrasing again, they all brought all these things together and then just hit them out, out of the fire cough. Verse 24. So they gave it, he says to me, all the golds. I cast them into the fire and the calf came, came out. Try it. <laughs> See, it's stupid. But it's the idea, that's the way we reason. We just don't realize that, look, when you are actually trying to justify yourself, you become oftentimes stupid before God. Well, he was a servant of God. God loved him, but... All of us do. We can like that. And when we lose patience or we don't do what we're supposed to do, we try to put the blame on someone else. So, you know the story. God forgave him, of course, but Moses had to really inter- interfere or perhaps intervene. Let me give you another example. First uh, Samuel chapter 10. Those are examples which help us to understand what it means to be patient and to do what God says. With God, we have to be patient. In other words, if God says something, just believe it's going to happen. It may not happen just when you want it, but it's going to happen. Just wait. In First Samuel chapter 10, I believe it's yeah, verse 8, I won't read the whole thing, but you see, Samuel was told, uh, Saul, the king Saul was told, wait by Samuel. He says, Samuel will return. So just wait for me. That was condition. Saul afterwards was named king. But it just so happened, just like the case in Moses, that Samuel delayed his coming. Let's turn to take to chapter 15. I'm just skipping a few chapters here. Chapter 15. So, Samuel was given, uh, Saul was given instructions by Samuel. Saul did not wait for Samuel's return. He was told to wait until Samuel came before the sacrifices began, because Samuel was the one who had to do the sacrifice. But Saul didn't wait for it, he went ahead. And what happens? When Samuel came back, he says, verse 10, chapter 1 Samuel 15, verse 10. Now it says, the, 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 the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, look, I greatly regret this, by the way, another interesting word. Some Bibles have, I repent. No, God does not have to repent. The word repent in the Bible is sometimes regret, sometimes repent. If it's if it God is always regret. God regrets having done something. So I regret I regret says that I've set Saul as king because he has not performed my commandments. So verse thirteen, Samuel goes to Saul, he says, What did you do? Well Saul says, Look, look at the again. He's trying to excuse himself. Uh, Blessed are you, he says of the of the Lord. I performed the commandments commandment of the Lord. Verse thirteen. Did he? How did he perform the God's commandment? Actually, he went there and started sacrifices. You can read the rest again. And then, again, he blames the people. Verse uh, 15. They, the people, have brought them from the Amalekites. The people spared the king. The people did everything. I did not, I didn't do a thing. I'm just paraphrasing again. What was the answer from Samuel? And that is one of the most, to me, one of the most uh, tragic statements in the Bible. Very moving, because it could happen to any one of us. We are nothing before God. 
if we achieve something or accomplish anything, it's always through God's help and God's mercy. But when it gets to our head, then that's the end of it. And so Samuel said, look, when you were little, verse 17, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? Whatever we have comes from God. Sometimes we forget and we start boasting. We start thinking we are something. From that moment on, we have lost a very purpose for our calling. That, to me, is one of the most strong statements in the Bible. So let's remain little in our own eyes. And patience has a lot to do with it. You know the rest of the story. And then, well, let me read It's interesting. Verse 22. First Samuel 15, verse 22. Another very interesting, profound statement. Samuel said, The Lord... So has the Lord delight in burnt offerings or sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? And obeying the, Lord, the voice of the Lord, as you see, takes, requires patience. Here Samuel told him, Saul did not believe it. Moses told the people, people didn't believe it. If you want to obey the Lord, it does require patience. Because God will not Act when you want him to act, always. And then he says, uh, for rebellion, verse 13, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, stubbornness, as iniquity is, and, and idolatry. So, what happened? God rejected King Saul. God has called you and me, brethren, for a task. We do have to be acting the way God wants us to act. And sometimes we will be so impatient that we'll do things our own way. We like to take things in our own hands. Don't ever do it. Let God do it. If God says something, do it it this way, let us do his way. Yes, we still have to do it. There's still acting. It's not a question of being lazy. We have to act. We have to show that we are actually doing what God wants us to do. Right? Let's summary, just close up now with a few ideas. When Christ was resurrected in Acts chapter 1, he told the disciples something. He told them, wait. The word wait appears in the Bible many times. The word, the word wait, I repeat, requires patience. But patience in obedience. Obedience to what you were given as an order. Christ told the disciples, Acts chapter 1, says, wait for me. Wait until I, the Holy Spirit will come. And that was the condition he set. Well, just, you can read verses 7 uh, verse 6, 7, 8, 8 in Acts chapter 1. He said to Tom, look, wait, he says, until the, you receive the Holy Spirit. What happens? Suppose the disciples did not wait in Jerusalem as Christ told them. Well, as you saw, Saul didn't wait. Aaron didn't wait. Here the disciples of Christ waited. They waited where, where Christ told them to wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit of God came. Suppose they had not waited, what would have happened? Suppose they did not go to Jerusalem. Now that's your story and my story. Christ has called us and he gives us instructions, commandments, and he wants us to act, to do something. All of us have a collective job. We have to help preach the gospel. God's way, not our way. And by so doing, we may sometimes suffer long. We have to endure. We have to show steadfastness. In James chapter 5, James spoke of patience a lot. James chapter 5, verse 7.
James 5, 7. James right. Therefore, it says, be patient. Depending upon the translation you have, it's be perseverant, if you want, or steadfast, or endure. Be patient, brethren, says, until the coming of the Lord. That's exactly what we're doing, aren't we? But how do we remain patient? Not folding up our arms. No, we have to act. We have to do something. As Christ says, you have to see us so doing. We have to be patient and do our part for the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer says, wait. Again, shows an example of a farmer. Waits for the precious fruit, precious fruit he says, of the of the earth, and so forth. And then he repeats, verse 8, you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord. You can't establish your hearts unless you're doing your part. Do not grumble. Now you have the conditions to be patient. If you grumble, you have lost the battle in a way. Don't grumble. One against the other. Lest it says you be, you be condemned. And behold, he says, the judge is standing. That's Christ. And then he repeats again, verse 10. Brethren, he says, take the prophets who, what? Who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. See, they go hand in hand. The prophets did suffer and they were patient. And Christ tells us through James that we have to understand that. We have to go the way they did so that we will we'll achieve the goal. Verse, uh, well, I can just continue just because it goes all the way through. Verse uh, 11. Indeed, he says, we can't them blessed, he says, because they endure, who, whoever endures. You have heard of the perseverance of whose? Of Job. Read the book of Job. It's interesting. He went through awful difficult times. He did not lose his patience. He never cursed God. He never turned away from God. None of us has ever suffered the way Job did. Yet he says, look at him. What did he have? He had perseverance. He had faith. The patience of Job or perseverance of Job. And sin says, the end intended by the Lord. Why? that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Brethren, I don't know if you're following me, but all the way through, as I read, you'll find those words going hand in hand together. Perseverance, mercy, love, compassion. All the way through. And yet, at the same time, you have long-suffering. That's where we fail. That's where we just weaken. That's why we just don't quite follow through. God, God loves us. God wants us to you know, achieve the very reason for which we have been called. God wants us to do our share. In Matthew, no, Hebrews chapter 6, there's so much on the subject, but I'm trying to just sort of uh, sum up. Hebrews chapter 6, Verse 9. Hebrews 6, verse 9. But beloved, it says, we are confident of better things concerning you. And then it says, for God, verse 10, God is not unjust to forget your, your work. And patience is part of it. And labor of love which you have uh, shown toward his name. And then it says, and, verse 11, and we desire that the, each, each one of you says, show the same diligence in the, full, in the fuller assurance and hope until the end. And then continues again, verse 12, that you may not become sluggish. There's no place of sluggishness in patience. But, he says, but imitate those who, through faith, and patience, again, inherit the promise or promises. In a way, if you want to sum up, God has called us for a purpose. 
that purpose is not always easy. In fulfilling our, our mission, we have ups and downs. We have to go through difficulties, through trials. Some of us complain, grumble, turn away. Some of us endure. Every saint in the Bible, every prophet of God, who has achieved or reached, reached the goal, has always shown steadfastness or perseverance or endurance. As Christ says, those who endure to the end shall be saved. So, in closing, brethren, let me ask you again. Do you pray and ask God to, be, to show you to how to be patient, but above all things, do you really thank God Really, thank God daily that he is merciful with you. Because if he were not, brethren, we will never reach the kingdom. So thank God that we can, we know that he is patient and that we can also be thankful that we can be patient one with another if we use his, or his, his spirit. As I said, you know, to me, sometimes we read the Bible eyes closed. We don't quite, we just read words, sometimes we stick to one word and we don't quite try to perhaps understand the depth of it. We think of love, we don't see love the way God shows us here. We think of patience, we don't see patience as long-suffering, perseverance, a fight, a fight has to go on. That's why Christ said we have to be, in a way, fighters, Christian soldiers. A Christian soldier does need patience, but patience with action. So, please ask God and tell God, look God, thank you that you are merciful toward me and thank you that you are patient with me.